following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Who's back? I'm Leo. That's Mario. <laughs> Have no fear. The legend thriller is here in the studio. Thriller. The heel, the seal, the deal, the villain, the stage chilling, the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. Yeah. This is the Lucha Outsider Show, episode 157. And if you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. Yeah. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, tune in, I missed that, lowestradio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. Why is this the why is this song so long? I don't know. It feels I, it feels longer. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yeah! man. Really? Yeah. We re- we That's re- how we start. That's how we start, baby. We really needed to That's throw that joke in That's there. That's how you do it. All right, give it, hopefully me, this won't hold on, like, give me hold on, wait, go ahead, wait. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was so scared. Hashtag is rebel time. <laughs> just to, just to, Why? You, what were you scared? You know, to, to break the fourth wall on the way over here, right? Because uh-huh. I am in studio. Yeah. Uh, Leo asked me to bring him Red Bull. Yeah. So I brought two Red Bulls. And Leo has these pretty steep lengthy, stairs. Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty <laughs> steep stairs. It's about 39 of them. So <laughs> and it's just a, it's the equivalent of the amount of draft picks Raw and SmackDown did. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but going up the stairs, I ended up dropping a rebel. So I was like, "Fuck!" And it literally did like five different swantons, like tumbling. No. It, it felt like uh, Jeff Hardy, you know? Kind of. <laughs> it just kept going. So I'm like, yeah. "All right, I could be a jerk and give Leo this rebel, uh-huh. but I'm not gonna do that." So hashtag is rebel time. Hashtag don't drop the Red Bull. There you go for the people. So we're here, Leo. What's up, bro? Yeah, I'm bro. It's been crazy. It's been busy. It's been good. We're growing. That's all that matters. All right, now. We have a special guest referee. No, not referee. Mick Foley. No, no, but a, a special co-host. Yeah, making her two-time, uh-huh. two-time appearance on the Lucha Outsider Show. Two-time. Devin Dollface. Yeah. Oh, I actually have the cheers right here. Oh, if you, you put the it? volume up. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Leo. I'm so used to being here by myself. Like <laughs> I forgot that you have music over there too. What up, Devin? How you guys doing? How are you, Devin? No, for the people that are watching us on Facebook Live, that's not Paige. It's Devin Dollface. Yes, I'm Devin Dollface, not Paige. But <laughs> I kind of took I took a little bit out of her book today. <laughs> I know when we when we got you on like before when we were like uh what what do you call that post uh, uh pre-production pre-production there you go Leo thank you there you go no problem I that's instantly told Devin I'm like you look like Paige. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I figured I'd change it up because the last time I was blonde, mm-hmm. you know, I had a pink dress on. So I thought it's Halloween. I'd go a little dark. I got my Black Craft cult, which is a big part of the WWE. A lot of the, the divas wear them. So. Well, shout outs to Black Craft uh, clothing line. <laughs> all right. Before we go into the AW stuff, the WWE stuff and all that good stuff. Um a pay-per-view happened last night. Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to touch quickly on it. Um, first of all, during uh, their uh, gauntlet match, uh, Call Your Shot gauntlet match, Tommy Dreamer did such an amazing tribute to Road Warrior Animal. And I did a post on Tommy saying, yep. like, in many ways, he's such an unsung hero. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. And he's such a great human being. I don't know, uh, Devin, if you ever got to meet Tommy, but Tommy is such a sweetheart. And I just think in many ways he's an unsung hero. I did not get to meet him, but I, I've heard so many great things about him as well. Uh, Leo, any thoughts on Tommy? It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, you know, and if you guys didn't see, we actually have the, the pictures up now. And if you guys don't follow us, follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. He basically did the face paint, the the Road Warrior face paint, um, like the animal. He mm-hmm. kind of shaved the side of his head, too, which is awesome. Um, and, and again, you can't move forward without paying um, uh, homage to the past. You know what I mean? And, right. And, and actually, the other day, I was watching the 30 for 30 for the Road Warriors. Such a good watch. You guys should actually take a look into it. But it was awesome that Tommy did that. Um, a lot of these people don't know who these wrestlers are. But if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't have half of the people that you have wrestling today. So uh, it was so awesome to see Tommy do that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, keep doing it, Tommy. But we, we give him the credit, right, uh, Mario? Of course, of course. Um, I've gotten to uh, interact with Tommy so many times in the past. Recently, when I was out in Chicago for AEW's Revolution and T2E2, I got to chop it up with Tommy uh, real quick. And he he's such a good dude. And the crazy part about that was um, the, the section they were at at C2E2, Tommy Dreamer, where he was doing the signings and meeting people. Uh, Road Warrior Animals was with him in that table, so it, it's you oh, know wow. they were, yeah they were they were very close. So um, shout out to Tommy Dreamer, a, a good human being. And coming out of Bound for Glory, uh, we got some new champions. Uh, Rich Swan defeated Eric Young for the World Heavyweight Championship. We also mm-hmm. had two Young that took the place for Kylie Ray in the Women's Championship match. It defeated Deanna Perrazzo for the Women's Championship. Um, there were some questionable booking um decisions. On the show, why? I think uh, <laughs> I don't know. I would have wanted to see a longer uh, world title run with Eric Young. No okay. disrespect to uh, Rich Swan, because the way Rich Swan came out last night and mm-hmm. the way he uh, presented himself in the ring—not saying that she, he's ever a bad worker—but he felt like a main eventer last night. Okay, um, Rich Swan did. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I don't know why him shaving his uh. His facial hair kind of mm. reminded me of Booker T. Okay, with the with the dreads, right? So it <laughs> okay. reminded me he, he got I got a lot of Booker T vibes from him. So mm. I mean, congrats to him capturing the world title. But I don't think uh, uh, Eric Young should have had the title for a little bit longer. And then the biggest head scratcher of the night was the whole Kylie Ray situation. Uh, she got taken from the match uh, due to some type of injury, mm. but. The way they were promoting Bound for Glory throughout the night, they promoted her like she was still going to be in the match. So I think you should have made an announcement of okay. having there was going to be a replacement or something. And then 
while no disrespect to Sue Young, because I'm a big fan of hers, but Deanna Perrazzo, you know, she's been killing it all year. Mm-hmm. And her joining Impact Wrestling, coming from her NXT run, made a lot of noise, and her capturing the title, I think a lot of people expected her to have that title for a longer run. So hopefully she gets it back. Some questionable decisions there, but also I want to congrat, uh, congratulate the North. Big fan of the North, Ethan Page and Joshua Alexander, Alexander capturing the tag team championships in that nice. fatal four-way um overall i thought uh bound for glory was a good pay-per-view i don't think it was better than slammiversary but it was a good pay-per-view overall so if you guys haven't watched it check it out on the fight app or on demand pay-per-view yeah and especially if you guys are saying hey there's no wrestling i'm tired of what the wwe is doing hello now you have another product that you're able to watch that you're able to enjoy so if you're not watching then it goes away then you can't say anything exactly <laughs> One last thing on Impact Wrestling, Deanna Perrazzo. Oh, two more things. Deanna Perrazzo did sign a multi-year deal with nice. Impact Wrestling, so I'm assuming it's either a two- or three-year deal, if I had to take a, a guess. And also, they did announce on the Bound for Glory pay-per-view that the Knockouts Tag Team Championships are returning. So nice. this is something that the fans been wanting. Uh, the women's division in Impact Wrestling is, to me, at par with the NXT women's division. Mm. It's that good. So I think this is a great decision on the Impact Wrestling brand to bring back those knockout tag titles. Nice. So uh, uh, have they said when they're going to crown the new champions? or They they did make the announcement they're going to crown the new knockouts tag team champions at their next pay-per-view in January, Hard to Kill. Nice. Okay. So Looking forward to that. Then. Yeah, looking forward to that. Okay, let's talk about AEW. Let's talk about uh, something that has probably been the topic of – all week when it comes to AEW and maybe even the wrestling world in general. And that's Le Dinner de Bonaire. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. For, forget all those people that go, like, oh, this is so corny. I thought it was supposed oh, to be sports based. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Enjoy what you watch. Go well, ahead, let's Mark. start with Devin. Devin, what did you think of the segment? What did you think of how it was portrayed on TV? Give me your thoughts on this. So, I absolutely loved it. Um, You know, I'm a big fan of the heels. So, of course, MJF, I have a special place, um, and Jericho. But uh, I love that they did the whole, like, you know, Sammy Davis, Frank Sinatra twist. It was unexpected. It was totally campy. Um, To me, you know, even though it wasn't wrestling, it was totally wrestling. I mean, it was totally campy, totally unexpected, and I loved every minute of it. Um, and, you know, my favorite was the end when they were like, these steaks are just a little too rare. <laughs> <laughs> Let's send it back. So, um, yeah, I loved it. Um, you know, a lot of people coming out of this, because you were going to have like a divided like fan base here. People are either going to like it, people are going to hate yeah. it. And I understand the people that didn't like this if this is, wasn't their cup of tea. You know, because it mm-hmm. was campy. It was supposed to be uh, comedic, right? Right. And, and, and if you look at it, it really didn't make sense why they got up and started singing. But it was no. entertaining. It was sports entertainment. And I think one of the biggest questions that this segment brought was, uh, well, if WWE would do this, people would shit on it. And I'm gonna disagree. But I'm gonna disagree with uh, with that yeah. with that um opinion and people saying that because 
WWE has done shit like this in the past. Going back to 20 years ago, like we witnessed The Rock and Stone Cold do a duet in the middle of the what? ring and people were ecstatic about it. Like we've yeah. seen stuff like this happen. Even in recent years, we obviously saw the Festival of Friendship with KO and Chris Jericho. We've also seen in, in this year, we've seen Miz and Morrison do music videos. Like we've yeah. seen stuff like this before. We also seen Bray Wyatt do the muscle man dance. Mm -hmm. So we have seen stuff like this on WWE where people have accepted it. So I think it we're in a in a place right now when it comes to wrestling fans is like we need to learn to have fun and stop being so critical on stuff and just take yourself out of being a critic and just enjoy the moment for what it is. Because it was funny. Yeah. McMahon did it well, like 20 years ago. The, uh, the Brian Alvarez show, you know, and he had on um, a guest commentator and he was saying like, you know what? Just let people live. Like, if you don't like it, then just just move on. Yeah. Like, it, it's not like it was a match. It was like a crazy storyline that's going to go some crazy direction. Right. Like, it was a fun vignette. And like you said, WWE has done it for years. Maybe, you know, people have a different view on AEW. So they thought, like, it, it didn't. But then if you watch Being the Elite, that's totally crazy and out there. And, you know, so I, I didn't think it was too far-fetched. And I thought it was entertaining. It was a break from wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. It was sports entertainment. That's what it was. You know, we, we watch these shows, no matter what brand it is that we're watching and no matter what promotion it is, we're watching it to be entertaining. And... It kind of reminded me the whole segment. It reminded me of an episode of Family Guy, cause it like in yes. many ways I was watching it. I'm like, does Seth MacFarlane like book this shit? Cause <laughs> it came out of nowhere, and it reminded me of like of a duet from Stewie and Brian. Well, um, and so I've heard that from other people too, and I think that there is a, a Family Guy reference involved actually. Like there's an episode where Stewie and Brian do a duet like that. So uh, people have been talking that maybe they pulled a little bit from that as well. You know what was also my biggest takeaway from this segment too? Because, uh. you know, we, we know Jericho, he's a singer. You know, he he's a rock star. He's in part of Fozzie. And we also seen MJF, you know, with a lot of videos that have, you know, resurfaced in the recent years with him as a kid doing and opera Rosie and Rosie O'Donnell, right? <laughs> yeah. My biggest takeaway from this segment was... How gassed Chris Jericho was singing compared to MJF. Oh my god, I thought that too. And <laughs> he was I see so gassed. Live, like he was amazing when we saw Fozzie. So I was like, what is up with Jericho's voice? Like, is it just me or is he really like off tune? So I kind of thought maybe they did that on purpose to be funny but like the last note that they hit i was like oh my god when is this note ending <laughs> well, well i think i think jericho beforehand he had a little bit of the i think that might have been it no but you know what and a lot of people like i said before you know a lot of people were, were just negative about it like oh my god this oh my god oh my god this dude enjoy for what it is it was something yeah. that came out of left field. It was something that was enjoyable. It was something that that you sat through the first time. And I think you actually put it up, Mario, where you were like, 
I didn't know what I was watching, but then <laughs> it was entertaining. It, it was one, of, and I watched it a couple of times too. And it's like exactly. when I first watched it, I'm like, "What the hell am I watching?" But it was kind of like a car accident. Like you didn't want to, like you you didn't care about anything else that was going on. You just wanted to see how this was gonna end. So and it like, worked. And it remind, and like I said, so it, it reminded me of a Family Guy episode. I was entertained. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. Chris Jericho being gassed, and just the way it ended. Um, them calling back the waitress about complaining about their food. By the way, yeah. Chris Brown is saying, uh, the way I look at it is this was part of AEW's Festival of Friendship moment. Jessica Hoffman, I was dying. I loved the whole thing. It reminded me of Family Guy. And Gadiel Soto is saying it was Jericho's running out of breath for me. Laughing my ass off. It, it was so It was so funny. <laughs> It was so I mean, funny. Jericho is a little out of shape these days. I don't know if anybody else has noticed. I mean, it comes with age. Let's give this guy a break. I, I mean, mean, he's got the dad bod. <laughs> complete. You know what I mean? L- l- listen, <laughs> I- I'm not going to disrespect Jericho like that because, I it, one, it comes in age. And two, I feel like a lot of people, and I'm not saying you, but like men yeah. that complain about Jericho, yeah. they're like, oh my God, Jericho's so fat. I'm like, dude, really? Look at yourself. Yeah. You wish you was in Jericho's yeah. shape. Of course. Uh, okay. Got, okay. Well, he may look out of shape, yes, mm-hmm. like I just said, but like that match with Orange Cassidy, the bubbly yeah. match, like he can move. Right. I'm not right. lying. That. Right. Right. Um, I think that it goes with his whole heel you know, leader of the inner circle persona. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it it's part of it. <laughs> and I, I think also people forget, too, watching the segment and the people that were, like, criticizing it and, and shitting on it. In theory, you're supposed to not like it because they're both heels. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course. By the way, Gadiel Soto is saying the edibles hit mid-song. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know what? Yeah, they're heels, but they're entertaining again. Like just yeah. just looking at, at the at the snapshots of what we put on our, on our social media page, like even MJF looking at Jericho, it's like I'm gonna double cross you. Like down the line, I'm gonna double cross you. But again, they're entertaining you, right? If it has you Absolutely. talking about it, what was it like six days after it happened? They're doing their job, and this story could go in so many different directions. Yeah. And I hope. They don't rush to it. I hope like this carries on for a while because there's so many different yeah. directions they could go with this story. I Absolutely. Like and I think that's partly why they did something like that to prolong it because, mm-hmm. you know, the whole point of the dinner, I feel like, was to get an answer from MJF. Right, right. And that just, I don't think that that's going to happen for a while if, mm-hmm. if it does happen at all. And, and like I said, with, with going with so many different directions with this, like, like what if MJF does join the inner circle at some point and then some of the other inner circle members get like a little bit jealous or like kind of look at Jericho a different way? Like, um, we see the the connection Jericho and Sammy have like yeah. on screen when you know Jericho and Sammy do like that that hugging pose. Yeah. Like, imagine if Jericho starts doing that pose with MJF and then Sammy starts getting like salty about it. Just jealous. Well, yeah. he's already kind of getting salty right. that, you know, MJF was around. So I feel like that was a little bit of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't see any of them really dealing well with MJF. Like, they, they already set it up a little bit, too, um, you know, with some of the other members of the inner circle, like Santana and Ortiz saying, like, come on, this guy's BSing. Like, let's get out of the ring. Let's go. And, and Jericho's like, stop. 
<laughs> we're going to talk to MJF. And, and, so. and, we don't, and we don't know where this story might end up. This could end up being biting Jericho on the ass because it's like, all right, the other inner circle members want nothing to do with MJF and Jericho's just like, nah, 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 or whatever. Yeah. What if yeah. MJF joins and then he takes over the inner circle and they all turn on Jericho? Like, they could yeah. go in that direction too. Because club. Because in theory, <laughs> like, if you look at it, they're all heels, right? But, like, when Jericho comes out, he always gets a face pop. They always sing his Judas song. So there yeah. could be a situation where MJF joins and then takes over and then they give Jericho the boot. Well, I also feel like there have been little things that that they're kind of setting up the inner circle to to separate like um him and jake hager being a tag team you know santana and ortiz being a tag team like i'd be interested to see them go against each other right right the tag team championship um so you know there's many different directions and i feel like mjf and sammy would be an excellent uh you know, uh, matchup. Now, now, do you see that just as one match or uh, like a long feud? Because I, I think on the mic they could both go. I do too. I feel like it would be a long feud. I feel okay. like it would be a great long feud. I like it. I'm on board. Well, to to, <laughs> to wrap up with uh, with this um, next week on Dynamite, they're gonna do a, a township hall meeting with the Inner Circle. They're <laughs> They're they're obviously uh, they're it's obviously awesome. parodying you know what what's going right now in the political climate right now with the president presidency and stuff. Are they going to mute their mics? Uh, who knows? They might, but we'll we'll see what happens on Dynamite. Another very interesting and trending uh, topic when it came out of Dynamite was Kenny Omega. Now. I love it. I you. You're, you're, I listen, you. and, and I know, Devin, you're not necessarily a big fan of Kenny Omega. She hates his face. But, <laughs> but this one struck a nerve with me because one of the biggest criticisms that AEW has gotten, right, is the booking of Kenny Omega. How come we don't get the cleaner? He should be a main eventer. How come he isn't world champion yet? Blah, 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 right? Blah, blah, blah. So now that he finally got split from Hangman Page, they're no longer tag team championships champions. <clears throat> they um they do this tournament, right? Kenny Omega was originally gonna face Joey Janela, our boy Joey Janela, <clears throat> on Dynamite for in this tournament, but Joey got pulled due to uh him contacting somebody uh, that had COVID. Not saying that <clears throat> our boy Joey had COVID, but he was near somebody that did have COVID. I believe that dude is AJ Gray at a GCW show that happened last week. So he got pulled, Sonny Kiss got put in. Now, we have the match. Before the match even started, Kenny Omega had this outrageous, obnoxious entrance, which is the definition of what the cleaner was back in New Japan. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I love the introduction. I do have to say Uh, I loved the entrance. Okay, okay, okay. Despite how I feel about Kenny Omega, I mean, I just feel like he needs to take a shower. Oh, my God. That's my problem with him. He looks like like, You know, and he looks, he just looks pompous, but, but I loved the entrance. I thought it was, you know. Did you like the brooms on the backup dancers? Because that was my favorite part. I loved it. I loved it. So he gets Bring this. all the sexy girls out. So, I'm totally all for that. So he gets this amazing, outrageous, obnoxious entrance, right? He goes in the ring. The bell rings. 18 seconds. Fucking straight <laughs> knee strike. Uh-huh. Then he puts puts Sunny Kiss in the one uh, winged angel. Yeah. 
one, two, three. I think it was, what was it, 16 seconds? Yep. I All right. Wrestling. This <laughs> was the introduction, the, the, the early stages of the cleaner Kenny Omega. After the match, uh, He's clapping, very uh, very sarcastic to Sonny mm-hmm. Kiss and raises Sonny Kiss's hand. And Sonny Kiss just is looking with disgust. And then you go on social media and everybody's, not everyone, not everyone. Same. I'm not going to say everyone. But uh, I'll call them the social justice warriors of the <laughs> IWC are like, oh, Sonny Kiss got buried, yada, yada, yada. Like, no. if you thought that's, that Kenny Omega and Sonny Kiss... We're going to have a 20-minute match. No, you know what I got no. for you? Congratulations. You played yourself. They yeah. weren't going to have a 20-minute classic. And then you have the same people that are complaining and crying or whatever. The same people that were crying that we didn't get the cleaner Kenny Omega in the beginning of AEW, right? The same people are crying that Sonny got buried and also like, well, tell me this logic. Oh, uh, how come he had a competitive match with Cody, but he can't have a competitive match with uh, with Kenny Omega listen and this is no disrespect to Cody Rhodes because I'm a big fan of Cody Rhodes but before AEW was a thing when there were all free agents living Ring of Honor in New Japan mm-hmm. Kenny Omega was the hottest free agent out of all of them yeah. alright like he's been everywhere he was he was when AJ Styles in 2016 when he was a free agent that's how big Kenny yeah. Omega was if Kenny yeah. Omega was was signed by the WWE, he wouldn't have gone through NXT. He would have went straight to the main roster. By the way, that face, though, the face that he makes, it's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that describes yeah. the people that have been crying and, and clamoring for the cleaner, Kenny Omega. We want the cleaner back. Yet okay. when you finally get him back, you guys are complaining about it? Th- this is the problem, though, right? <laughs> this is the problem. The, the same people that, that bitch and moan, right, about getting the cleaner, quote-unquote, right? Those. Um <laughs> are basically the ones that just see like clips of New Japan. They're not the mm-hmm. ones that are, were sitting there watching week to week or watching pay-per-view to pay-per-view to see the evolution of a character. You don't get MJF from one day to the other. You get MJF, you know, when he first started in the indies. You get the cleaner when he first started, when he, you know, when they morphed that character to what it is now. Again, yeah. you need to be emotionally invested. And I remember what Devin said last time. Like, they just put somebody on screen and wish that you knew what happened before. No, explain to me what it is. Right. You got to know yeah, Kenny Omega. To me, like, I didn't know, you know, that that was um, a character that he had before. Yeah. So, like, when when the girls came out with the brooms, I said to my boyfriend, I'm like, what, what is this gimmick? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Is he like sweeping everybody out? No, he's, like, he's a custodian. <laughs> like, I didn't understand. And I was like, well, maybe they need to like, you know, put a freaking hose on him and wash him down. Like, because he just looks so dirty. But, um, so I was like, oh, okay, it goes with it. You know, but I had no idea that that was a character from before. So... You know, like like you've said, or like I said the last time, like, and this is something that Brian Alvarez talks about with AEW a lot too, is like, they just kind of throw things at you with no explanation and you can piece it together yourself and you kind of do fill in gaps. Um, and it's usually like what the storyline is in the end. Um, but yeah, they, they kind of don't do a good job 
job with that. That would be my one complaint about AEW. I agree. They definitely should uh, kind of connect stories from the past. And they've, they've done it before, too. Like, they've name-dropped New Japan and, and Ring of Honor on their TV. Mm -hmm. So why not bring some of the stories that kind of give a background to some of their talent? So the maybe the the... I won't call them a casual fan, but the people that haven't watched none of that but are watching AEW kind of give them a background story like, okay, this is who the cleaner is or, or this is what uh, the Young Bucks used to do and now they're bringing it back. Like something like that. I do get what you're saying. And I think well, also, also like, um, you know, if you watch Being the Elite, mm -hmm. like you, you see a lot of character development and you see a lot of like funny cool stuff that happens so like the dark order they have this whole thing going on on being the elite that's like funny they do all these right. like weird segments and stuff and then they kind of started bringing that more into dynamite mm -hmm. but if you don't watch being the right. elite like they they don't do a lot of um kind of promos like the wwe does like segments backstage and stuff they don't do as much of that. And I feel like a little bit more of that would help. I think AEW has this con uh, misconception that everybody that watches AEW Dynamite watches AEW Dark and Being the Elite. And that's not the mm -hmm. case. Like, I watch Being the Elite, but I'll be lying to you if I say that I watch it religiously. There's some, there's a couple right, weeks that I, that I don't watch it. AEW Dark, I don't remember the last time I watched AEW Dark. Because there's... You know, there's only so many hours in a day. I can't. I already watch enough wrestling during the week to like do this podcast and stuff. So, um, to watch yep. like another hour and some change of dark, and you know, I used to watch Being the Elite before religiously, but now you know, with work and everything else that's going on, it's kind of it's kind of hard. Yep. Well, also like so, we'll watch uh, AEW, and then like we don't usually watch Monday Night Smack. Uh, Monday Night Smackdown, Monday Night Raw, like on the night. So we'll watch uh, AEW right. and then we'll watch Raw after that. And by the time AEW and Raw are finished, it's time to go to bed. So <laughs> right. I can't imagine watching Dark being the elite, Smack, uh, Raw, Smackdown, you know, Raw Talk. Uh, this you know the SmackDown after <laughs> There's show. so many like, the stuff on the network. It's just so much stuff yeah, going on. NXT, you know, and I haven't even gotten into Impact or New Japan right. or Ring. Like, there's so many other right. promotions right. to be caught up with. So, unless you're like you know a wrestling journalist and that's your job it's a lot of content every week and, and, with, and i mean i think i'm all right when it comes to our postings on our social media but at the same time even with me like i have a full-time gig so it's like this isn't my like would i love to do this full-time and get paid for it absolutely but right. this isn't my full-time gig like i'm taking time um, like my, like my days off, I'm come here with Leo doing the podcast with him or, yeah. you know, I work, like if I have some downtime and there's some, some breaking news, like I'll post it right away. Um, but you know, in some days I'm pretty good at it. And there's other days where I'll do late posts. I'm very fortunate when it comes to like my work schedule, where even though I don't watch some of the, the product live, when, mm -hmm. By the time I do get home and I get settled or whatever, I do watch, you know, like 
AEW and NXT back to back on a late night so I could watch that. Of course. But that right, but then <laughs> also it's like, do I really want to spend like the last hour before I go to bed watching like AEW Dark? No, I don't want to do that. Like I'd rather watch like I don't know, like if there's a game on or something, I'd rather do that. Yeah. Like I love wrestling, but I don't want to hey, watch it's football it. Season. Exactly, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And so for me, like, um, you know, I do um, social media management for a publishing company. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're called Paperclip Publishing. Um, But so like I'm already on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So, you know, I'll switch back and forth from account to account. So when I go on my personal account, like my Twitter is all wrestling. So a lot of the time, like if I don't have time to watch something right i'll go on twitter and see everybody's comments you know or um i know i keep talking about brian alvarez but we listen to him every night before we go to sleep and listen um, I'm, I'm cool with brian alvarez i like brian alvarez i just hate dave yeah. Meltzer. i can't stand dave Meltzer. uncle dave no nobody can stand dave <laughs> Meltzer. i i can't stand dave Meltzer. <laughs> That and, and it's his birthday this weekend. I'm not wishing that fuck a happy birthday. Oh, well, I mean, technically, you're doing it now, you know, because you're acknowledging his birthday. <laughs> I can't stand. you know, why I can't stand Dave Meltzer because I can't stand Dave Meltzer because he makes his opinions right, he turns his opinions and makes it like actual facts yeah. instead of yeah, being an actual right, instead of being an actual journalist and be like, okay, in my opinion, X, Y, and Z. And don't get me wrong, I know he's he is reliable when it comes to a lot of things, but I think a lot of times people put too much stock into yeah, what he you're not, says. You're not the end-all. But he's not the end-all right. be-all. There's so many other reliable reporters out there in the wrestling business. Uh, Raj Geary from Wrestling Inc., uh, Mike mm-hmm. Johnson from PW Insider. Uh, when Brian Satin was at Pro Wrestling... Uh, she, yep. There's so many different other wrestle zones. There's so many other reliable <laughs> sources, but everybody... Yeah. Gets on their hands and knees for uh, Dave uh, for Dave Meltzer, but Brian Alvarez yeah, is cool, cool to me him though. All the time on AEW as well. Like I've heard Jim Ross say, "Oh, Dave Meltzer, blah blah blah." So you know that probably also kind of solidifies that. Right. Right. It. He's such a he's such a prick. Fuck Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> one one last thing on this uh, Sunny Kiss and Kenny Omega thing. Uh, the people that were bringing up like, oh, well, he had a competitive match with Cody. People got to understand the the whole Cody TNT Open challenges was to give someone a spotlight. Was that was the that them. was yeah. exactly that was the purpose of those open challenges to give somebody a spotlight. This Kenny Omega match wasn't wasn't for that. It was to to let you know who the cleaner right. is to introduce you to this guy who has this awesome ass uh, entrance now that just goes through the ring. Because I don't know if you noticed at the end of the match, like he was waving and being happy, but his face <laughs> during the match, well, right, the eighteen seconds, was a totally different person. Well, I mean, we we saw his face earlier on that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but again, don't bitch and moan. Just enjoy it for what it is. You know, I feel like like Sunny Kiss has had a lot of momentum lately, though. So I think why people are so pissed about it is like, you know, they feel like uh, he should be getting over. You know, like that was a match to, in theory, to get him more over, and that didn't happen. They kind of made him look more like a geek. And, okay, and, okay. and I understand that, but. Sonny wasn't the original opponent yeah, for exactly. for Kenny. Yeah, but Joey Janela, like I feel like 
they've also been kind of pushing him a little bit more lately too. So they would have made Joey look more like a geek. And, 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 and I, I feel like he needs more of a push. I think I think Joey, I, if Joey would have been in a match, and I could be wrong here, but if Joey would have been in a match, I don't think we would have gotten the 16 minute, the 16 second squash. And the reason why I say that is those two had a previous match in AEW before, two matches, mm-hmm. and they went, a distant amount of time maybe yeah, it would so I, that's the re that's my only debate on that i think we wouldn't have gotten the same result maybe it would have it wouldn't have been like a 60 minute match or maybe it would have right. gotten like maybe seven minutes or something but i think joey would have gotten his shit in at least because they've had yeah. two previous matches that's true so there's already like a like a story there right there's uh, there's history between them there yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, if we if we look at this tournament, and we talked about it last week, Leo, if we look at this tournament, we know who the final two are going to be. It's going to be Kenny Omega and Adam Page. So it's like this is this tournament is just leading to that. It's just how they tell the story of this tournament. Okay. So you, do you guys remember like the whole Austin three sixteen and and you know King of the Ring and all that? Nobody was crying and bitching and moaning because, you know, Jake the Snake lost in the first round. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, hello, True. it's a tournament. Just go on with it. Like, just True. take it for what it is. At the end of the day, nobody remembers who uh, Stone Cold beat in his second match. Nobody remembers. You know, all you remember is Austin 316. That's it. Again, it's a tournament. Just get it. Get it done. Get it to the final. Let's go. Let's worry about the next thing. Just saying. Dali. Uh, speaking about this tournament. Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix. Oh, what a fucking match. <laughs> and you know what's the crazy part of this match? This, that's not the best match they've had. This is not <laughs> this is not even the best match they've had. And it was so entertaining. And man, they're brothers. They're brothers. They're they, happy at no way. They kicked <laughs> they kicked the shit out of each other. For, unfortunately, Ray Phoenix did uh did get a stinger in the match. I believe it was during the spot where Phoenix does his head scissors to Pentagon from the from the from the apron. Yeah. That was crazy. Phoenix legit landed on his neck and I think he got his bell rung. And Oof. Phoenix did end up winning the match. Uh-huh. Uh there was reports coming out of there that Phoenix was saying he was alright, but uh AEW decided that they were gonna take him out of the match and replace him with Pentagon. So we were gonna get Phoenix and Omega next week, but now we're gonna get Pentagon and Omega. So either way is either way is a win win. Um yeah. we we've seen these matches before. Um I wish Pentagon and Omega would be like on a bigger stage. Like I like I feel like it, it, I, I want I like I've been wanting this sequel since mm-hmm. all in. Like this is the I've been wanting this rematch since all in. Okay. Um I'm cool with it happening at Dynamite, but I hope somewhere down the line we get like an actual program between Omega and Pentagon. But how long of a program? It it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, okay. I just want a program it's somewhere down the line cuz there's money into them. Pentagon's okay. a star and this isn't taking nothing away from Phoenix, but yeah. Pentagon's a fucking star. Omega we've, we've been Except that Dev, Devin's not a fan of Omega, but we've no, been praising. No, no, but I'm not going to deny right. that. Like, his face. He's he's a, he's a great wrestler. Right, right, you know? right. And and I I get it. Like I get him, but I just think he looks skeevy. So you know, <laughs> that's my humble opinion. <laughs> um, 
more on when it comes to injuries and stuff. There was definitely a scary moment that happened during the main event at AEW. There was the a knockout. There was a fatal four-way match that determined the number one contenders for the tag team championships. We had the Young Bucks, uh, the Butcher, the Blade, Private Party, and the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. During the match. There is a spot where Private Party does like a tribute to the Hardy Boys, which is like a splash and a leg drop to mm-hmm. Alex Reynolds. And I believe it was Isaiah Cassidy, if I'm not mistaken, that was doing mm-hmm. the leg drop. Legit landed on Reynolds' skull. <laughs> Legit like landed on his skull. Knock this dude was out. knocked the fuck out. Blade had to drag his like motionless <laughs> body so he could tag himself in. And then I rewatched the match. And then there's a spot where I believe it's Nick Jackson that's hitting both John Silver and Reynolds. And you can see Reynolds is like, no one's there. No No. one's there at all. And he's just legit, like, he just started crawling, like, just fell. And I believe Rick Knox, the referee, like, pushed him out so the medics could, like, attend him. Um, It was definitely an unfortunate situation, but we've seen little mishaps like this in AEW, and I think... AEW needs to tighten up their medical staff. Like they maybe have more eyes on the ring when it comes to these multi-man matches. Mm-hmm. Cause this was a legit scary moment. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and again, this is live, right? Yep. What you're watching is live. There's things that happen and you're right. You know, maybe, okay. If they have the medical team closer or if the, you know, they have more than just the ref looking at what's going on, but I don't think stopping the match would have done anything different. No, I don't think because, that they again, should have stopped the it's match. It's live. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. we've seen the WWE almost cart out uh, um uh, Jerry Lawler while he's having a heart attack and the match is still going on in the ring. The show continued. The man <laughs> so, could have died. <laughs> so yeah. But again, I I think just people are being a little nitpicky and I, and I was actually looking on Twitter there's a whole bunch of like negative stuff. Oh, they should have stopped the match. They should have, you know, they should have paid more attention. And, and listen, I'm in. I'm not saying that that AEW's running like a a a, a slop shop. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. But I think they need to tighten up their their the medical staff a little bit more because we have seen stuff like this. We even seen it all out with the Matt Hardy situation. I think they need to maybe have the have more eyes in the ring when it, especially when it comes to these multi man matches. Yeah. And I don't, and I agree with you. I don't think they should have stopped the match, and they didn't stop the match. But they need to have a little bit more eyes on the ring when it comes to stuff like this, because there's so much action going on. You just never know when somebody is out cold. Is it nonstop action? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, you know what, well, Leo? I also feel like he, he could have like rolled out. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, th- I don't, I don't think, think he could have no, rolled out. No, I don't think so. Oh well, no. <laughs> you are either getting pushed out or you're getting pushed out. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, shout out to Rick Knox, the referee. He pushed them out. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um. Lastly, on AEW, we we were talking about it last week, Leo, about the the Moxley and Kingston storyline. How it's it's the storytelling to this match has been a little bit fagazi because uh, fagazi. We've seen obviously. We you don't know, know why they're fighting. We don't, we necessarily don't know why they're fighting because yeah. Eddie Kingston, in theory, has lost his match. Mm-hmm. But, man, this week, did they fucking win me back with both of those promos. John yeah, Moxley's did. promo and Eddie Kingston's promo. I'm, I'm sold on this match, and I want to see them kill each other at full gear. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and you know what? Again, that's why, like, like 
we jumped the gun because it's it's our it's what we like you know this is our hobby this is what we like to do so we have to have an opinion on what's going on at that exact moment how are we right all the time no uncle dave we're not right all the time and we're okay to say that we're not right all the time but you know what you're right after last week's show i'm in too I'm into why because now I understand. Now I, I kind of see the back and forth of where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. I'm all in. But weren't they kind of friends before this? Like, didn't they have a kind of like relationship so before AEW? So this goes back to what you you were saying, like telling the the people that don't know about the history. Maybe they should bring that tell story and bring it up to the the forefront. They've, they've come up the same way. They, they've they done CZW, which is a promotion out here in the Northeast, and they they busted their ass through the Indies. And Moxley, you know, went to the WWE. Kingston stayed in the Indies, you know, grinding. Right. So that's where the story kind of, like, comes from. That's the foundation. That's and I, the roots of the story. I wish that they would have elaborated on that a little right. bit more. Right, um, right. You know, because I think most people assume – that you know moxley just came from the wwe and you know they're going on like he's the whole rich superstar thing you know and kingston like has to fight more to prove himself and that's what it's about um so they don't really go on like the history right right between them i I will say this and this is kind of going to their history so last year at Full Gear, which was in Baltimore, which uh, I was at, I attended. We at saw Pentagon. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega mm-hmm. in a in a lights out match, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which they beat the shit out of each other. It was super violent. There was barbed wire. There was glass. All that stuff. This yeah, match crazy. between Moxley and Kingston is an I quit match, which no disqualification. You got to make your opponent say I quit. I expect this to be an ultra-violent match. I expect to see barbed wire. I expect to see glass. I expect to see this match to be a bloody mess, dude. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm cool with it, too. I want to see it, man. As long as it's not me, I'm okay. (laughs) Well, and Kingston, you know, he has has a team behind him. Like, he's got his little family going on. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how... Uh, or if they interfere in the match. I I hope not, but you never know. And and if somebody does interfere, maybe Moxley has some backup. Like, we don't know, you know? Roman Reigns? Maybe Darby. That seems to be, like, his only friend. Right, (laughs) right, right. That's his only friend. (laughs) Yeah. All right. um, Let's talk about something that's not so great. Let's let's talk about retribution. (laughs) No! 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 Oh man! I actually saw a meme, and they're like, "When you try to get the Dark Order on Wish." <laughs> Listen, man. So Mustafa Ali got revealed to be like the head guy, the leader, what and a- the hacker. He was also the hacker. As the as the guy behind Retribution, right? This happened two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Last week during the draft, he was supposed to cut this like promo, the you know, revealing. And he got cut. And he got cut from the show. <laughs> he got cut from the show. That's how much they believe in you, there, Mustafa. This week, right? We but they started the show off hot. I'll give them that. We had Alexa Bliss in the middle of the ring. Yes. She introduces Bray Wyatt. They're both standing in the ring, and the Retribution comes out. They surround Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the lights go out. 
they're no longer gone and retribution are just standing there like a bunch of putty patrols from power rangers clueless <laughs> on, clueless of what's going on right and i'm like god man they're making them look like jabrones if they already didn't look like jabrones already right but you had hope because mustafa ali was behind it so you had some hope Outcome. Well, yeah, and he's he's a great wrestler. Right, right. So now you have the Hurt Business. It wasn't even a competitive match. The Hurt Business put the Hurt Business on Retribution. They beat Retribution. And not only do they get beat by Retribution, but then Bray Wyatt comes back out and single-handedly destroys Retribution. So it's like, what are you doing here? So... It kind of reminds you of the Nexus when they went up against John Cena, where John Cena just buried them all. Uh, Super Cena. Yeah, Super Cena. So, uh, fast forward to later on in the show, Mustafa Ali does cut an amazing promo, but, like, now that promo doesn't even have value to it. No. Because of what we just witnessed on this table that you pretty much buried within the opening, what, 30 minutes of the show? Not only mm-hmm. does it get do they get beat, but then they get single handedly taken out by Bray Wyatt. Oh, and it was a long thirty minutes. Like I found myself kind of like zoning out because <laughs> I don't really care about retribution. Like, oh. but why why don't you care about retribution? Is it just that they kind of put together? I just feel like like they're a bunch of geeks we don't really know much about them and like they're just there and i feel like it was just a waste of talent of you know of alexa bliss and you know brave wyatt like i just felt like it was why why did we need that it didn't do anything for Mustafa Ali. Like no, you said. no, and I and I feel bad for Mustafa Ali because that promo was so good. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this guy deserves so much better. Like this guy, I would have never thought this guy would be such a great heel. He and, fi- he finally got a chance to talk. Yes, he and, cuts a good yeah. promo. But you're surrounded by a whole bunch of jabrones, bro. <laughs> I mean, did did they do that to kind of bring attention to him, and then he's gonna like go off on his own? No. No. Like, do you think that? No. Okay. No. 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 WWE, no. no. <laughs> Listen. And and the, <sighs> you can't go anywhere. <laughs> Listen. I feel you. I feel you I, I'm all trying. Though. I'm trying <laughs> to we, like. I think we all are. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying all hope is gone. But man, like I did in the post when it came to retribution, this is gonna be such a tough turnaround. To turn retribution to like a credible stable, it's gonna be very hard. Cause keep in mind, before Mustafa Ali was even revealed to be the man behind retribution, right? People were already was not taking them seriously with their stupid names, and they got my man, uh, what's Shane Thor with a stupid hockey mask and and Dijakovic. You call him Dijakovic. Hey, Dijak, he got us. He looks like a, a, you know, a watered-down version of, of Bane. It's just, ugh. Oh, yeah, no. No. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> That's the quote? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's too cheesy. Like, That's true. Uh, That's, That's the right word. I can't get with it. And the thing is that nothing made sense 
about this stable or anything to begin with. And then as a story, this little story that we know about Retribution starts progressing, it's like not only that, but you draft them to Raw and you give them contracts. The poison that's supposed to destroy the WWE, we're going to offer you contracts so you can work for us, so you can destroy it within the inside. Yeah, but then they don't they don't draft Shorty G. <laughs> well, well, now he's back to Chad Gable. No, he's he's back. He's back oh, to Chad Gable. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> thank thank God, because Shorty G is terrible. <laughs> Shorty G was terrible. It was terrible. You know, but he like he has an Olympic background. Like he, you know, he's a great wrestler. But they they gave him this like shitty kind of you know shtick, and it's like they they spend all this time on retribution when they should be developing other like what happened to ricochet was he even drafted uh, yeah he drafted. <laughs> he go? I, I had a he I drafted had a, to <laughs> impact <laughs> I, I was gonna say something fucked up right now about ricochet no I, I was gonna say like i don't know maybe he's playing with his butt in catering i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know babe and listen i like ricochet but and and, yeah. I ta- and I talked about it last week about when it came to Ricochet too. I don't expect this guy to resign with the WWE. He needs to leave. They have done he nothing does. with this guy. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, let, let's talk about a little bit more negative stuff before we talk about some good stuff in the WWE. There's good stuff? <laughs> the, yeah, some good stuff. Uh, okay. Um. So we we were very critical on the, the splitting up of the New Day, right? Yeah. Um, how it really made no sense in theory because the New Day has always been drafted as a mm-hmm. unit in previous drafts. Yes. We talked about it last week, how that was probably one of the worst WWE drafts in WWE history. So you would think like, okay, you know what? We ha- got this criticism. WWE creatives, like we getting this criticism. People are not happy. Let's do something. Let's hit a home run. Let's We're going to redeem ourselves. We're going to redeem ourselves, right? So you give Kofi and Xavier, right? Uh... You give them a nice spot on Raw. They beat Sheamus. Cool. And then we watch Friday Night SmackDown and Big E is not even booked on the show. <laughs> so. I don't get it. Come on, man. What? Like, really? Not even not even like a vignette? Nothing. We got nothing. I think the only mention we got of Big E on SmackDown was during the KO and Daniel Bryan segment. That's it. Yeah, they did bring him up like once. That's it. We we did nothing with Big E at all. Like what what are we doing here? I don't think they know what they're doing. I I think they just needed to sh- sh- they needed something to shock people. They needed something to go trending and you know, out of everything when you take a look at your roster, what is the one thing that's going to get people talking? Hey, this is a team that's been together for, you know, 9 years. Let's break them up. Do you know what's well, going to happen? Maybe they want to do something like uh, more shocking with Big E on SmackDown. Like, you know, have him come out unexpectedly or something. Or I don't know. Nothing makes sense yeah, in but, the but WWE. If, if you want to do that, right, uh, with Big E, have him show up this week or, or even the day of the draft and get in, have him get beat up and say he's going to be out of action for three months. Right. So then people at least have, they know, okay, I don't have to expect for him to be on the show. I know he's hurt. Okay. He can come back whenever. You can still kayfabe that part of it. All you got to do is make up a medical report. Don't they always do that? But um, then again, we don't have to expect for him to be on the show. 
Because now it looks worse because now it shows that you have nothing prepared for him. And then, and I get like the times that we're living in. Um, <clears throat> a lot of these towns are in and out, you know, due to the COVID or maybe they but came in contact why? with COVID. But like, if you're splitting up the new day, right? At least, you know, God forbid, or hypothetically speaking, let's say whether it's an injury with Big E or maybe came to contact with somebody that had COVID or something. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's let do something to still amp up his stock on SmackDown, run run a vignette, or maybe he cuts a promo, or do something with Big E. Show him working out in the back. Something, something. You could have done something, and they've done nothing. So, I mean, right. they tried to separate Kofi Kingston for a little <clears throat> while there, too, you know, and that didn't really work, like, all of a sudden, he just appeared back with the new day. Right, and and and, and I'll give WWE credit with when it came to that was, you know, while Biggie and Xavier were doing their whole tag team stick as Kofi being world champion, they were still as a new day. And this, while maybe they didn't always come out with each other during their matches, but they still had some backstage segments, and they were still as a unit right. representing the new day. Now you right. have them on different shows, and on one show. You put a new day in a in a nice little role, right? But then mm-hmm. on the other show, not nothing. even nothing. Not the not the the broadcasters, Michael Cole and, and Corey Graves didn't even mention Big E. The only mention of Big E was during a segment that had nothing to do with Big E. It's a waste. That's the way I see it. That was a tag team uh match. Right, that that led to that. Uh, right, that led to the 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 the, the brawl, the brawl, so, like, which was a four on four. That didn't even make sense to mention Big E. Right, right. So, I don't know. Hopefully, we get proven wrong and they do something with Big E. Hopefully, he appears on SmackDown next week. I don't know, but right now, week one after post draft, it's not looking good for Big E. And I'm gonna just say that like that. I mean, it's all up to Vince, right? Right. So. I want to get your opinion on this, Devin, because you're a female and mm-hmm. me and Leo have talked about this, have, but I, uh, I kind of want to get like a female's perspective. How okay. do you feel about this whole Buddy Murphy, Seth Rollins, the Mysterios, now Aaliyah Mysterios kind of like somewhat being involved with Buddy Murphy and there's like a, what is it, like a 10, 11 year gap or something? Like she just turned 20. Buddy Murphy's like 32, I think. Um, mm-hmm. What What's your opinion on this whole storyline that we're getting? I don't really like it. Um, you know, I think that, and I'm not like one of these crazy feminist, like liberal people or whatever, but I just think it paints a bad picture of young girls too. Like, that she's so susceptible to, you know, being with Murphy and like, and all of that. Um, and I don't think that it makes Murphy look good. You know, uh, it makes him look weak. And I guess like they may be trying to do that so that he does like eventually hulk up and kick Seth Rollins ass. Um, and, you know, I do see, like, why they did it. They're they're bringing more attention to Dominic because he's defending his sister, you know, whatever. Um, I don't particularly, I don't think it does anything for Murphy. Leo, you're, you're a dad of... I am. 
a daughter, oh, yeah. of a daughter. How do you how do you feel about as a father watching this on TV? I would never bring her into anything that I do. Okay, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should stay. Uh, I mean, I don't care if if I get offered a, a trillion dollars. My daughter's my daughter, right? Now the way that I see it is like this. There's ways that you can build for Dominic to to be the hero mm-hmm. and not have to bring the his sister in. Right. 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 Have him come up with a tag team partner. Have him come up, you know, with, with somebody that he's, you know, that, that he's maybe being mentored other than Rey Mysterio. You know what I mean? Because then he can still, you can still have Buddy Murphy come in, you know what I mean? And, and save the honor and all that. And you can still have that storyline, which is what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But again, and, and this is where it gets really weird for me because we've seen both Dominic and his sister as kids. As kids. Right. <laughs> You know, big ass Dominic. I still see him in front of uh, in front of uh, Eddie. I right. still see him in front of uh, uh, CM Punk. You know what I mean? Like I still see them like little kids. Again, it, it and it's worse because we've watched wrestling for such a long time that we've been able to see these people grow up. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And again, the age difference. Even if they if they were close in age, I think. <laughs> and from what I read, I don't even know if it's true. It could be folklore, whatever it is, where. I don't know how much money the WWE actually gave Rey Mysterio for for it, but if he knowingly is putting his whole family into this, I think you should take a look at what you're doing. Because me personally, also, I would like, never bring. Are they making her a wrestler? So I'll, I'll give you a little bit of backstory on what's going on with the whole Mysterio thing or whatever. So it, it was reported um, by the dirt sheets that Aaliyah Mysterio signed. A deal with WWE. I don't know. It could be a short, a uh, short-term deal as a on-air talent, not to get physical in the ring or anything like that. An on-air talent, like a valet, something. Right? Because she's an expiring actress. She wants to get into acting and stuff, right? So I, I guess you know her doing some work with WWE could you know kind of boost up her stock. Yeah. Um, an interesting fact when uh, when this first started, like kind of uh, you know playing out on TV, I did some research on like man because. Th- you know she's she's young man she's she i think she just turned 20 if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and while she is a pretty girl but she's still a kid man like yeah. and she looks like a kid right you know so that's some epstein shit no. so i'm looking at but i'm looking at but i'm looking <laughs> come on Leo. so i'm looking at buddy murphy i'm looking man that is a disgusting ass so i'm looking sure at Vince wasn't in those so fights? i'm looking like, i'm looking at buddy murphy and like he it's, he's thirty two, she's twenty. That's a well, big. He's, like, he's a man, right? You know I mean? Right. He's he he looks like an experienced man, and this is just yeah. a child. But even if he was twenty five, even if he was twenty eight, he, but, but check this. But check this out, Leo. I did some research on this, okay. and you remember when Randy Orton was feuding with Hogan back in two thousand six? Yes. Do you remember that? Remember yes. they had a match at SummerSlam? Yes. Remember Brooke Hogan was in a couple of episodes on Raw? And yeah, yeah. Well, there was this one episode this on Raw. before Impact. Yes, there was an uh-huh. episode on Raw where Randy Orton and Brooke Hogan are making out. Randy Orton was 26 and Brooke Hogan was 18. Okay, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> I didn't remember that being like that. So... I think we need to look into those Epstein logs to see if McMahon was on those. Just saying. Uh, listen, I'm I'm not for this angle, and maybe, maybe I would have a different opinion if 
there wasn't like physical stuff in there. Like even this past week on Monday Night Raw, I mean on Friday Night SmackDown, you saw like Aaliyah catering to him. Right. Aaliyah was catering to Buddy Murphy and kind of like pressing on. And I just felt weird because like I have have a goddaughter that is 19. So like, you know, like when I see my goddaughter, I give her a hug. But it's just like, you know, like it's a it's a hug, you know, because like I love you like a hug, like more like like, you know, like I'm like a parental type figure, like nothing like that. So and then it's just like. Like I, I kind of get disgusted because I kind of feel like it's kind of like one of my goddaughter's friends, like telling yeah. like. Well, nineteen jo- is young. Right. Yeah. So I feel like, like I just feel weird. You know, it kind of feels maybe like, she like, was like 22, 23. She's got some experience. She's got some. Yeah. Oh my god. I, maybe I would have a Come different. On, maybe if I, I had, I would have a different opinion if they would have portrayed on camera like. It was more like a friendship thing, like Buddy Murphy kind of telling Aaliyah, like, hey, you should do things more on your own. You should stop depending on your parents or something like that. He wants like, to be more, her buddy? Like, like kind of like, <laughs> like maybe, maybe Buddy, Mur- maybe Buddy Murphy is kind of like mentoring her to go to like the dark okay, side. But that's I would different. be a little but bit more. I don't more- think that that's, uh, you know, I feel like the WWE likes to play on the shock value thing. You and think? like, you know, Vince McMahon <laughs> brought his own daughter into like weird storylines where she was getting sacrificed by the Undertaker. <laughs> he wanted to have an incest storyline with they, his daughter. They, they, there was, there was this, you know, Stephanie McMahon went on record. I forgot on what documentary it was, but she said that one of the stories that she completely shot down was when she was pregnant. They wanted to reveal that Vince McMahon was the father of the baby. That's how nuts Vince McMahon is. Oh, man. I mean, sure wasn't could. there an episode where, like, the Undertaker is like trying to get it on with a dead body in a casket? That, that was that was Triple, no, Triple H. H. That was Triple H dressed as Kane. Triple H. Triple H. <laughs> Katie Vick. Katie Vick. Katie Vick, Katie Vick storyline. <laughs> yeah, like that's freaking weird. That's weird. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there are no lines with Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, the time Mae Young gave birth to a hand. That's one time he went too far. Let's see what else is on this list. I, t- I told you the backstory of that, right? But, but what was the backstory? The backstory of the hand was everybody thought that she gave birth to a hand, but it, it wasn't that. The backstory of the whole hand gimmick was back uh, in the day, right? Back in the day before there was like sex toys, like dildos and okay. like vibrators. Women used to use like these hands. And the the story the 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 inside joke was that May Young is so old that the hand was stuck up there for all these years and it finally came out. Well, okay. That does not make it any better. No. That actually weird. makes it worse. This is all in the mind of Vince McMahon. What is that? An IUD? <laughs> uh, you know this this storyline isn't as weird and bad but it, that. but it's still bad but it's uncomfortable yes it's uncomfortable that's the word it's uncomfortable yeah. no wonder when i watched that back in the day it made absolutely no sense like i just took it like okay she gave birth to a hand but i didn't understand like how or why or when <laughs> and it still doesn't make sense oh, but go man. ahead keep going hi deal all right. Um, <laughs> enough of of weird storylines in the WWE. Uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this Roman Reigns Jay Uso storyline. Man, you know Jay Uso. I think he's gonna make our list, our top ten list of breakout star of the year because 
He's yeah. up there. He's up there, man. You took a tag team guy. He's a twin with his, you know, he's a twin. Yeah. And right now he's having such a, a a rocket ship, you know, strapped to his back. But rightfully so, because he, he's hitting it out of the park. The storytelling that he's telling with his co- cousin Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns is his return. Jesus Christ. Like, like it, it just mind boggles me that we could have gotten this Roman Reigns a long time ago. I agree. I think that he completely stepped into the role that he should have been the whole time. I feel like it's more natural for him than like being the baby face character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Jay Uso, like, I do agree. I think he is, you know, one of the next stars. And I think that it works so well with, with Roman because you, you'll probably find this funny, but he always looks sad, doesn't he? Who? Roman? Roman? Jay Uso. Oh, Jay, yeah, Jay Uso does always, he always look sad. He has this, like... Frown. You know, he has a frown. It's like, yeah, it's like... so I think it goes well with, with the Roman Reigns storyline because it's believable because, you know, it is his family, it's his cousin, but then he also, he looks sad. <laughs> no, I agree. He's the opposite of Apollo like Crews that's always happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but uh yeah they're they're both doing an incredible job and obviously we have hell in the cell tonight um i don't see jay uso beating roman reigns no. but they threw they threw in a a, a special stipulation when it came, comes to this hell in the cell match if roman reigns does win not uh if roman reigns does win the Usos, both of them, both Jimmy and Jay, because Jimmy got involved this past Friday night on SmackDown, which led to an attack to Roman Reigns. If Roman Reigns does win, they pretty much have to join Roman Reigns in this, like, I don't know, League of Assassins. I don't know what you want to call them, but pretty the much dynasty. it. Like, they have to be, like, in many ways, like, servants to Roman Reigns, and they have to acknowledge, and acknowledge Roman Reigns as their tribal chief. So, uh... I, I, I'm into it. I'm into it. I do hope that when we do see the Usos join Roman, Roman finally like feeds into like his mindset, and we start getting like this greedier, badass Usos, and you know they kind of turn heel and they just kind of join Roman for real and behind this like you know this him taking over the WWE thing. You're gonna get the leader Roman Reigns that we wanted in the Shield, right? Right, because <laughs> even when he was on the shield, like, okay, yeah, is he the leader? No, he's the muscle. Right. But, hey, as a heel, as a true heel by himself, forget Seth Rollins, forget Dean Ambrose, I'm like, forget them. As himself, you're going to get what we should have gotten with the shield. Not believe that and, and, you know, the hands in the middle. No, none of that stuff. <laughs> believe that. Believe that. So, <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. And again, you're right. I, don't I, think, I, don't I would love to see him against Seth Rollins. And, and and you know what? I do want to see a Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins program, but they're both heels. So it's like, what is Seth Rollins going to do? Like, is he going to go back to like his burn it down days? No. Like, like, what what is he going to do? Or, That's a good point. But I feel like every now and then it's good to have a heel against a heel. Right. You know, it, it kind of confuses the whole thing. And it's like. Which one do you really want to be the baby face? And which one do you really want to be the heel? Like, it's it would be interesting because they were you know in the shield together and now Seth Rollins is the savior of SmackDown you right. know 
Um, so it would be cool to see like the darkness against the darkness kind of thing. Like who could be darker? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about? Uh, I think I was thinking about it yesterday or maybe like two days ago. I, it must have been on Friday because when I was watching SmackDown, I was thinking about, man, I can't wait until we start having like people like a live crowd back in WWE and I'm waiting for Roman Reigns to cut that first promo on the audience. Cause you know, people are going to cheer for him cause he's like, this yeah. such a badass. And I just want him to talk so much in and be like, Oh y'all want to cheer for me now? Y'all want to cheer for me now? Well, I don't give a damn about none of y'all. Like I want him to talk so much shit to the crowd. Like I I'm Believe looking, that. like that. I'm looking forward to that first promo. He cuts on the on the live crowd. It's my yard. <laughs> um, lastly, uh, and I think you comment did you on say it. Say Bobby Lastly. No. No. So we haven't talked about MLW in in recent episodes, but uh, MLW did some tapings this week. Uh, I believe from Sunday to Tuesday they taped. 16 weeks worth of uh new material yep yes that's a lot of uh that's a lot of material there and um we had some former wwe talent that were at these tapings including sean davari which he also was an impact bound for glory uh last night uh ach and our homie leo rush yeah which by the way leo rush is about leo, to be a daddy again i love leo um do, do you watch mlw at all Devin, or no I don't know. I, I haven't gotten into that yet. Uh, is this is this something that you might be interested in now that, that Leo is going to be, you know, showing up in MLW? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love Leo because I saw him on with Nasty Leroy. <laughs> and the whole feud. And he was just like, he was just shitting on Leroy so badly, <laughs> and it made me love him so much. You just love I was heels. Like, I miss him as Lashley's, you know, valet. Like I, I liked him on the WWE, but they just didn't really, I feel, do a lot with him. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes. And I don't know if you guys have heard his music, but. I love it. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I definitely got to check that out. I think I've heard it. I think one of his entrance theme that he's using now, I think that's him on his on his own track. Okay. So. Yeah. He has like a full album. Um, nice. But yeah, I would probably tune in because of Leo. Okay. That's cool. So I got a nasty Leroy story for you. When I was in Indianapolis mm -hmm. for the collective, I actually got to chop it up with Leroy real quick. Nice. And, um, and the thing is with me, and I was talking about this last week, like, you know, due, due to the times that we live in, like, I wasn't really trying to be around anybody. Like, I had my mask on, and I was kind of, like, isolating yeah. myself from everyone. But um, there was a moment where I did get to talk to Leroy, and I saw him throughout the week, and he was just, like, he has his hair dyed like Dennis Rodman now, and he was walking around the, the venue like he owned the place. But Did he when, have a shirt on that says, I'm um, Nasty Leroy? He was actually wearing his um, uh, American, um, the Nightmare Family jacket that Cody gave him. Is he, is he becoming so Virgil? So I was talking to Nasty Leroy, and he's such a humble cat. Like, I was telling him, like, hey, man, I was watching, uh, you know, the Janela Zoe. Like, I would be there up all night watching you guys, and you kind of kept my sanity. Uh, throughout the the whole pandemic and stuff he's like oh, i appreciate that and he was like praising joey like kind of like Aww. he's such a he's such a, a laid-back dude he's very humble very very humble 
he's very humble. I, I've spoken to him a lot outside of the Janela zone, you know, just like through Instagram and whatnot. And like, he's just, he's so sweet, you know, he's adorable. Um, but I'm glad to see him doing his thing, you know, out on the indie circuit. And, you know, maybe, maybe he'll make another appearance on AEW. I don't know. We'll see. He might. He was. He's. It's funny that you mentioned that because he was telling me that he still like gets chills and gets like, he can't believe that both Tony Schiavone and like Excalibur like mentioned them on commentary. <laughs> no, and and you know what? The wrestling business is so is, is such a a close knit business. If you're not a wrestler, it's hard for you to get in there. Right. Like, and, <laughs> and I think we were talking about this on last show. Like. You know, we're all fans at the end of the day. Rosenberg, you know, all these people, you know, the the carrot top guy. What's his name? I keep forgetting his name. Uh, Sam Roberts. Him, that one. So, <laughs> uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all we're all fans, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're not a wrestler, you're going to come in as what? You know, as a, you're doing it in, in, a, in another industry, you know, whether it's music, whether it's, it's TV, it's radio. But for just a fan to be able to get recognized, dude, that's the best. That's awesome. It really is. So, hey, more power to him. Uh, Devin, I want to thank you for doing the show once again. Devin, two-time, two-time. Two-time, two-time. We definitely got to get you back on. We're definitely going to start doing a rotating third uh, gimmick on the show, so we'll definitely get you back on. Anything you want to plug, anything you want to mention that you're working on, uh, you know, put it all out there. Yeah, so right now, um, I think I mentioned earlier, I am working with a book publishing company, um, and it's basically catered to the indie author, um, and we are actually taking submissions right now. Um, It's called Paperclip Publishing, um, and our first release will be um, around Christmas, but we have some really interesting publications coming out, um, A Mind of uh, His Own, and it's basically about this guy who uh, escaped Mormonism. Um, and the, the, the Jeff, uh, Warren cult. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that one because it's about how he like left home when he was 16 and now he's, um, working, uh, you know, for the government. Um, so yeah, really, really interesting stuff. Um, we have a domestic violence story that's coming out, um, we teamed up with a sheriff out here in Arizona, and he's going to be releasing a book. Um, and then we have children's books. So it's a it's a wide spectrum of stuff. Um, and I'm managing all of the social media, and I'm also an illustrator for the company. So, um, you know, go follow the social media. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Let's get those numbers up. Um, and besides that, I'm just doing a lot of modeling stuff on the side. Um, I'll have a few uh, publications coming out that I'm going to be published in. Um, and I have a sticker collection coming out. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So that's pretty much what I've been working on lately. Um, did a little bit of goat yoga. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You that was telling was us about, you was telling <laughs> us about the goat yoga. <laughs> yeah, I'll be posting uh, pictures of me with the goats. So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. All right. Well, we'll definitely put uh, your information <laughs> on the on the bio. Um, awesome. On the, the podcast description. Thank you so much for doing the show. And we'll definitely get you back out on in the coming weeks. All right. Totally. Thank all you for having me. It's all, so much fun. Always, always. We'll get you back on. Right, Devin? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Devin. All right, Bye. Bye. Bye.
Devin Dollface, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back. You're back. <laughs> I, yeah, this is what happens. Stupid ass camera didn't want to when, work. When you gotta, you know, make chicken. What is it? Chicken salad out of what? chicken shit. What? <laughs> that's that's actually Stone Cold's uh, thing. Oh, you gotta make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Made it happen though. We yeah. made it happen. So, um, like that was my Stone Cold, by the way. Thank you. It was. Thank you. It was pretty bad. Can I get the clap? No. Okay. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, so like we did mention uh, right now with Devin, we are going to start doing a, a rotating third gimmick on the show. You know, Sam has taken a hiatus, so we're going to do a rotating third. Si, senor. Um, we're not just going to put anybody on the show, all right? So, no, that means we can't, we can't have uh, rated PG-13 on anymore? No, we're he, not doing he, that. He's been waiting to get, get on. We're we're not we're not uh we're not just having anybody on the show so um you know there's got to be some type of a guideline so there has are, to be a buffer somewhere Mario <laughs> so we're gonna start having rotating thirds we're, on the show we're not gonna be standing in the corner like hey you wanna be part of our show after <laughs> hell no hell no we're not doing that listen listen we started this show from nothing we made it into something yeah, started from the bottom. Started with the bottom, <laughs> right? And this show's gonna continue, but um, we're gonna have start start having some rotating thirds. So you'll have a different guest co-host um every time we do a show, every week or every two weeks. Whenever can we I do be the show. rotating third? You're 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 already part of oh the, my bad. the, the broadcasting. Oh, my bad. Man, just oh. just give me your plugs, sir. Losradio.com <laughs> starting this week. We're actually gonna start having a whole new morning thing. Uh, so follow us losradio.com everywhere. Let the people know that we are here. And if you guys are doing a podcast or would like to be part of a network, um, just send me an email info at losradio.com. And uh, yeah, that was it. We're here. You could buy your shirts luchaoutsiders.com. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me. Actually, we should start plugging that more. Go to luchaoutsiders.com, pick up a shirt. Let's do it right now. So we're gonna pick up a shirt. Pick up a lucha outsiders shirt. Out. No. Out. I don't know how to write. You Outsiders.com. Boom. You. you <laughs> boom, baby. Okay, so you could pick up the vintage logo, which was the the that, that was the original the first logo, one. right? You could you could you pick can it. You could, you could buy a hat. You could buy a shirt. You could buy a hoodie for you, you for you plus women. You could pick. God damn it, Leo! You could pick up the shirt that Leo's wearing right now, which is the ECW logo gimmick. Yeah. That's a beautiful. That's one of my favorite logos. You could yeah, pick up is. the New Japan logo, and then the the, new the logo that we don't really talk about too much is the Raw <laughs> logo, which it's not bad. It's a nice logo too. Is it like ECW on TNN that we don't talk about? <laughs> but, hey, you know what? We we don't, and we also have masks. <laughs> oh my God, Duke! I'm sorry. I Come just on, Duke Mario. in the head. But um. <laughs> Pick up a shirt. Yo, support the Lucha Outsiders show. Uh, support the Lucha Outsiders show. We need to turn on the lights, people. <laughs> um, also, uh, well, let me give man. a shout out to Dream Match let's, Wrestling, yeah, Mr. Dream. Let's take a moment. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, Dream Match. Let's give a shout out to uh, the homie Dream Match Wrestling, yes. Mr. Dream. Uh, he went through a little situation this week. Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel comfortable sharing his story, no. but hopefully... Soon he will return on the show and he will mm -hmm. tell his story and we'll chop it up with him. So shout out to Mr. Dream. We love you, brother. You he, could always... be, he could be three time? No, he's actually be two time. Two he's time, only two been time, two, two time. time. He'll be two time, two time. You better Mr. stop Dream. doing that because now we got to actually keep a note of who's going to be on this. Listen, time, I, I got time. it. All right. <laughs> okay. You don't, even, you don't remember the number <laughs> of this <laughs> show. <laughs> I'm, I've been off for the past <laughs> five shows by one. <laughs> Just be happy that I'm close. <laughs> gotcha. Listen, you got a lot of stuff on your plate. It's all right. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, I, I just appreciate uh, that uh, you do the uh, show uh, with me. Okay. Working on 
Fucking haters. <laughs> All right. Um, you can find me at Rated oh, Arses 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you miss anything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, Tune Line, Mesca, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that is it. Uh, before we go, just remember, uh, we didn't talk about Ken Shamrock, bro. Oh, congrats Ken to Ken Shamrock, Shamrock uh, the new inductee for the Impact Hall of Fame. He got an incredible induction by The Rock, and you also had Mick Foley and Bret Hart have Bret Hart, so yeah. much positive words to Ken Shamrock. So by shout out to Ken Shamrock. Fuck the people that were saying, oh my God, this, this is what 2020 has come down to, and now The Rock is on Impact. Shut the, shut the fuck up! Just saying. Enjoy. You didn't see that online? The, the fucking guys on that... On that. Dude, you gotta understand this about me. I don't pay attention to trolls like that. I don't either. It just shows up on my feed, and I get mad because people are like, "Uh, since it, it 2020 wasn't that bad, it just got worse." I'll, I'll give you a funny a story before we sign off. Dale. So you saw the post I did on the Hurt Business when they played tribute to yeah, the Beatles. I liked it. Abbey Road, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there was some jack off that comment jack on off. it. Not not that that person. Jag off. Some person commented on it and was like, "This isn't Abbey Road." Hello, stupid. So, yeah, I, we're, we're gonna fly from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So wait. Okay, that, so this is one of those situations. Like, all right, I'll I'll entertain it a little I'll bit. Play it so I responded. I was like, "Thanks for the info, Captain Obvious." <laughs> by the way, and then I got blocked. By the way, <laughs> if, if if you ever get bored, right, and you want to laugh a little bit. Well, not now because of COVID, right? But be, uh, when uh, things open up again, if you go to the live camera of Abbey Road, it's funny how to see the people trying to take that stupid picture, but then like bus drivers just honking them because they want to go by. And, and they probably say some shit like this. <laughs> yeah, that one. So, <laughs> no, but thanks everybody that was with us here on the Facebook chat. Remember, you get to check out every single episode. It's also on the Los Radio app at losradio.com. Uh, just let her know what you guys think. But, dude, it was a good show today. It's quick. It was great. For the old man Leo. Yeah. For Devin Dollface. Yeah. I'm your truly Mr. Rated R. Till next time, keep it Rated R and stay too sweet.